This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the top roast podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go maybe. way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two heelsandaface.com Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. 
and most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of Headlines brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand. Headlines is your one-stop shop podcast that brings you all the late-breaking news in the world of wrestling. Whether it's WWE, AEW, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and so many more. We're a daily podcast that's free of charge anywhere fine podcasts are made available. With that being said, let's go ahead and let's get right to the headlines. Starting over on our friends at Wrestling Inc., we have some big backstage updates on William Regal return to WWE and what his status is going to be as of now. Now, following the previous reports that a deal was being finalized that would see William Regal make a return to WWE, it seems as though the pen has not been put to paper regarding the terms between the two. Mike Johnson from PW Insider is reporting that Regal and WWE have come to terms on an agreement with the former WWE NXT general manager returning to the company to fulfill some sort of vice president role. Now, specifically, that has not exactly been signed right as of now. Now, while the exact nature of Regal's role is being kept under wraps, it seems like he will be serving in some type of position with NXT once again, based upon Tony Comments, Tony Khan's comments regarding his release. Now, part of the agreement was that Regal was not to appear on WWE TV as a character or a personality. Now, a lot of people within WWE would like to see him return back to an on-screen role, but unfortunately, that was not part of the agreement. Now, the gentleman villain was written off of AEW programming, having having been attacked by MJF after feeding John Moxley for the AEW World Championship at Full Gear. Then MJF went ahead and betrayed Regal less than two weeks later after getting the championship. If you'd like to find out more about William Regal and his pending return to WWE, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be forthcoming. We have backstage news update on Cameron Grimes' WWE NXT future. Now, many stars within WWE NXT after successful run do see themselves being called up to the main roster. This typically happens after WrestleMania. However, looks like things might be moving a little bit more progressively under the Triple H regime. Cameron Grimes has been with WWE since 2019. However, the only brand he's regularly appeared on since his debut has been NXT. Within his first few months of being on the brand, he reached the finals of the NXT Breakout Tournament, only to lose to Jordan Miles. Now, the goal of NXT is for stars to eventually move to the main roster and succeed. Fightful Select has reported that Cameron Grimes is expected to be one of WWE's main roster brand stars on either Raw or SmackDown at some point in the future, but the future doesn't seem to be right now. In his first three years with WWE, Grimes has found championship success. Now, earlier this year at NXT Stand and Deliver, Grimes defeated four other men to win the NXT North American Championship. Now, he did resign as far as being the champion, but he still wanted to continue to compete. Now, only a little after 63 days, he defended it successfully twice. 
Now, unfortunately, that wasn't going to be happening because he would be losing it to Hayes at the In Your House 2022. Grimes also defeated L.A. Knight for the Million Dollar Championship at TakeOver 36. However, following his win overnight, the title was not seen nor even defended for quite some time. Now, Grimes made an appearance on Monday Night Raw on November the 17th in hopes of finding a new tag team partner in a match against another opponent at NXT. Now, he ended up receiving help in the recently returned Good Brothers. The Good Brothers then made their way down to the Performance Center the following night to help out in the six-man tag team action. Right now, Cameron Grimes is expected to be a main star on the main roster. Unfortunately, WWE is keeping a tight lip shut on exactly when that is going to be happening. With more information, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be coming forward. We have some new news on Karrion Cross. He's responding to fans critical of his WWE heel work since he has returned. Now, Sean Newman is writing in for Wrestling Inc. Karrion Cross knows his heel work still frustrates some pro wrestling fans, but to him, his work is his work. The former two-time NXT champion opened up about his shocking 2021 WWE Raw debut in which he lost to Jeff Hardy in less than two minutes. During a recent appearance on Cheap Heat Podcast, he explained how fans have complained about his run so far and how he put Hardy over in a match. However, according to Cross, doing the job for Hardy was an easy choice given his old-school wrestling philosophy. This is what he would have to say. If I'm working as a heel, my main job is to make sure the audience stays behind the babyface. Always, Cross explained. So for those things to be happening, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Am I not doing enough? Well, I think I am. And there's a reason why that I'm not doing things differently. And I'm fully aware of that. Now, Cross, who was released by WWE less than four months after Hardy's match, also opened up about how fans supported him with well wishes when he was gone from WWE and how he eventually came back and the fans were very excited to see him as well. I'm going to be a bad guy and trust me, I'm going to be the baddest. With more information on all of this, continue following Wrestling Inc. And more information on Karrion Cross will be forthcoming. We have some Ring of Honor news. Caprice Coleman on what Ring of Honor's presentation says about Tony Khan and his leadership in the company. Eric Mutter's writing in for Wrestling Inc. It's been a little under a year since Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor and things have moved slowly but surely towards Ring of Honor becoming a separate entity from AEW, which has housed several Ring of Honor titles and talent throughout that year. But after three pay-per-views on Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor appears to be on the verge of having its own show once again. Tony Khan revealing after the final battle, media scrum, Ring of Honor will be continuing to be relaunched on the Honor Club streaming service. That should be happening at some time in this January. Now, as to whether Khan's vision of Ring of Honor fits with what the brand represented during its 20 years, arguably no person would know better than Caprice Coleman, who has called all three Ring of Honor pay-per-view events in the Khan era. In an interview with Busted Radio, Coleman expressed his belief that Khan had kept the essence of Ring of Honor from the past days alive and how he is not something to be taken for granted. He would go on to say the following, he is not just going into this Ring of Honor project blindly, Coleman said. He's methodical about what he's doing. He wants to make it different, but he also wants it to make it stand apart from AEW. The athletes aren't just athletes. They're not just wrestlers. They fit a certain category, and he knows what Ring of Honor really means, and he knows that they should be and can be appreciated. 
Now, he could have done things differently. So he brought in Bobby Cruz. He brought in Ian Riccoboni. He brought in all the familiar voices to make the product familiar to the fans. And he also has Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, Samoa Joe, and these guys have histories with Ring of Honor, such as Jay Lethal and the Briscoes. He's doing things right when it comes to Ring of Honor. For more information on this, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be coming forward. We have New Japan Pro Wrestling news as Carl Anderson will reportedly make WWE history at New Japan Wrestle Kingdom. Now, there's a first time for just about anything in the world of wrestling, and Carl Anderson is about to add his name to that list. Carl Anderson currently represents New Japan Pro Wrestling Never Open Weight Championship. However, since he's under a new contract with WWE since Triple H is in charge, that poses kind of a sticky situation. Bearing the forbidden door being opened, once again after Tony Khan had done that, he's supposed to defend a championship that he had won and had currently held when he signed a new contract with WWE. Unfortunately, he was not able to make the event because he was booked for Crown Jewel the same weekend. Now, despite missing his title defense, New Japan decided to accommodate him rather than strip him of the championship. Now, WWE is slated to return the favor. According to PW Insider, Anderson will be defending his no, never-opened weight championship this Wednesday, December the 14th, against Hikaleu. Now, the man who he's scheduled to face off in November but it didn't happen. There's also an agreement in place for him to perform at Wrestle Kingdom, which is the biggest New Japan Pro Wrestling event of the year happening in the Tokyo Dome on January 4th, 2023. Now, this will make the OC member the first ever contracted WWE superstar to wrestle under the New Japan umbrella. With more information on all of this, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information on this big crossover will continue. In other news, there is word coming out right now that Vince McMahon may be interested in a WWE comeback. Wrestling Inc. is writing in at this hour. It's been nearly five months and the unthinkable had happened. When Vince McMahon announced his retirement from his duties as WWE CEO and Chairman. Now, we thought that things were definitely done and in the rearview mirror. McMahon walked away in the midst of an allegations of sexual misconduct and making payments. Now, in most cases, this would be where the story ends. But Vince McMahon now appears ready to put the phrase, everybody loves a good comeback story, to the test. In Wall Street Journal report, primarily focused on McMahon facing new demands from two women accusing him of sexual assault, sources reveal that McMahon is looking to make a comeback at WWE. The sources said that McMahon believes he's received bad advice from people close to him regarding his original retirement, and that he ultimately could have weathered the storm of the investigation and all of the allegations. Now, despite McMahon's retirement, he has maintained majority ownership of the WWE through all of this. He still owns the majority of WWE shares and continues to wield the majority of voting power. Now, making a comeback might potentially still be possible. Now, since he's departed WWE, he has been run by co-CEOs Nick Khan and Stephanie McMahon, as well as Chief Content Officer Paul Levesque, now known as Triple H. Now, in November, after WWE announced that the initial investigation into McMahon conduct had been concluded, Fightful Select reported that WWE's spokesperson told them McMahon was done and he would not be returning to the role that has now been taken over by Triple H and others. Now, shortly after the Wall Street Journal report, 
report had come out, Fightful's Sean Rassap addressed the idea of McMahon and returned this on Twitter. Numerous WWE higher-ups that I've spoken to in recent months have indicated to us that they want nothing to do with McMahon coming back and they are very happy with the direction that the company is going in right now. I haven't heard of one person who says they would like for Vince McMahon to come back. Now, with more information on all of this, whether or not McMahon will make a return to WWE, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be coming forward. Kofi Kingston is making news at this hour. The longtime WWE superstar addresses Big E not appearing for the New Day when they won the Tag Team Championships. Robert Grunier for Wrestling Inc. is writing in, The New Day, made up of Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, and the sidelined Big E, continue to break records after nearly a decade in the industry. This past weekend at NXT's Deadline Premium Live event, Woods and Kingston managed to defeat Pretty Deadly to become the new NXT Tag Team Champions. Now this brings New Day to a 12-time Tag Team Championship reign and makes Woods and Kingston only the third Tag Team Triple Crown winners in WWE history. Now unfortunately, former WWE Champion Big E was not able to attend the Premium Live event as C is still at home focusing on recovery from a broken neck. Now, Big E wasn't there, but he was here, Kingston told Sports Illustrated. He's always with us. He's doing a lot to honor us. I woke up to a great text from him on Saturday morning about our match. We're in constant contact. We do miss him. And without Big E, there really is no new day. We want him living happy and healthy and safe. And that is what's most paramount to all of us. With more information on the New Day and their newest title reign, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be coming forward. Drew McIntyre, the Celtic Warrior, is making news at this hour. Drew McIntyre didn't find out he'd win the WWE Championship match until the day of. Now, Drew McIntyre is now a two-time WWE Champion, but in order to get his current spot, he had to overcome his fair share of adversity. After having been released from WWE back in 2014 and really being forced to reinvent himself if he wanted back in the company. During an interview with Darren Stone for Faction 919, McIntyre revealed that he felt his second run on the main roster was a bit rocky in the beginning, and he felt like a heel didn't really connect with the audience due to him not really being that type of individual. But he did credit Paul Heyman for finally letting him be himself. Now, however, McIntyre also added that while in the 2020 Royal Rumble victory was one of the biggest highlights of his entire wrestling career, he didn't know that he'd be winning the match until the day of the event. He would go on to say, I got there at the building and I heard rumblings, something about Brock Lesnar. McIntyre said, I was like, oh my goodness, if I did something with Brock Lesnar, that would be great. I'd love to wrestle Brock Lesnar. Well, eventually, I eliminated Brock Lesnar in the Royal Rumble. I heard the reaction of 40,000 people. Considering the performance he had already put on in the Rumble, eliminating everybody single-handedly, half the Rumble by himself, my goodness, it was nothing short of amazing. McIntyre would go on to say, then he heard Edge's music. Marking his return to the WWE, he knew that the crowd was going to boo anyone who eliminated him. McIntyre feared that he'd even get booed at the end of the match, but ultimately fans were happy to see him emerge victorious. With more information on Drew McIntyre and this monumental moment in his career, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be forthcoming. We have some new news on AEW and ROH star Shane Taylor. Shane Taylor wants to be 
the third African-American to do this in the Ring of Honor. But what is that? Robert Grunier's writing in for Wrestling Inc., Shane Taylor has made a name for himself over his professional wrestling career, including being one of the top indie wrestlers, also working for GCW, Ring of Honor, and Impact Wrestling. Now, he was bought back into the spotlight during his Ring of Honor final battle pay-per-view this past weekend. He teamed up with J.D. Griffey in a loss to Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, but he sees an opportunity as being a very beneficial one, despite even losing. Speaking with one fall with Ron Funches, Taylor opened up about how he is once again focused on becoming the only black Ring of Honor world champion in the company's history. He would go on to say the following, I'm looking forward to those who I can challenge and quickly reestablish to the audience who I am and what level I'm at. And I am the one who can do so much, and I've already accomplished so much in the Ring of Honor. You know what? To me, I want to be that guy to reach the top of the mountain, the only third African-American male to do that feat. Other than Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham, you know what? That's pretty good company for me. Now, this wouldn't be the first time that Shane Taylor was making waves for the African-American community in the world of wrestling. While he signed with Ring of Honor, Taylor was the third black man in history to win the Ring of Honor World TV title. So, it's lining up perfectly fine right now, and he's excited to potentially be making history again. Taylor feuded with Ring of Honor World Champions in 2021, and then he emerged successful. It would mark a historic moment when a black WWE World Champion and Ring of Honor World Champion were reigning simultaneously, something he still wants to happen at some point. Unfortunately, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, Ring of Honor temporarily closed all operations in 2021 until they were bought by Tony Khan earlier in 2022. For more information on this, continue following Shane Taylor on all forms of social media and continue following Ring of Honor. We have some new news on Kylie Ray. Kylie Ray is in WWE. She made her debut on Monday Night Raw in a dark match. Fans in attendance at Milwaukee's Forum were treated to a surprise before WWE Monday Night Raw. In a dark match, former AEW star Kylie Ray showed up during the taping of WWE Main Event. She was competing under the name of Brianna Ray. She got the chance to wrestle Dana Brooke in a singles competition. She came up short, losing to the former WWE 24-7 champion. Well, internally in WWE, she was listed as Kylie Ray, according to Fightful Select, a slight variation on her longtime ring name. However, when it comes to putting together that type of name on WWE programming, well, that appears to be a combination of some new spelling of her real name, which actually is Brianna Ray. Now, a video of Ray's entrance was quickly shared on social media as she was met with positive reactions from all the fans in attendance. Now, at the moment, it's unclear what the future holds for her, whether this was just a one-off appearance or a sign that she could be making several more dates within the company. She had been part of WWE when she was part of their tryouts, which took place last week at the WWE Performance Center, along time other notable indie talents such as Casey Navarro, Dutch, and Vincent. With more information on Kylie Ray, continue following all of this, and as we will continue to bring you more information on Wrestling Inc. If you're enjoying this podcast, remember, Headlines is a one-stop shop podcast to bring you all the late-breaking news in wrestling, whether it's WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan, Impact, and so many more. We're a daily podcast that's free of charge anywhere fine podcasts are made available. And with that being said, let's get right back to the headlines. Asuka is making news at this hour. The successful women's wrestler in WWE evidently had a very cryptic tweet about making a trip. 
Dominic D'Angelo is writing in at this hour. Asuka appears that she's headed for a trip, but where exactly is she going? The Empress of Tomorrow was defeated by Rhea Ripley on last night's WWE Monday Night Raw, and following the loss, Asuka took to Twitter to make two similar tweets. Both posts have Asuka stating that I'll be on a trip for a while, with one having three insect emojis, which within that statement. At this point, it's hard to tell if Asuka means there's going to be a trip, something physically, metaphorically, or maybe even both. Now, these days, leading up to Raw, Asuka has been sharing images of her older and creepier persona from her days in Japan, much like last night. Asuka went completely without makeup. Ever since she's been called up to the main roster, she's always made sure that she's had that. Asuka has been portrayed in more of a light-hearted manner most recently, more fun and a wild personality. But her Japanese identity in the past was much more menacing complete with blood oozing from her mouth and a monstrous set of makeup. Now, as NXT champion, Asuka was presented with more of a fighter's mentality that included domination over the women's roster at that time. Her match against Rhea Ripley was the second bout she lost in two weeks, but it wasn't without assistance. Asuka had the Asuka lock on her, administered by Ripley, but Dominic Mysterio grabbed hold of her and it caused a disruption. Asuka misted Dominic in the face that allowed Ripley to nail her with the Riptide finisher for the 1-2-3. Just a week before, Asuka lost a triple threat match to Bailey and Ripley, with Bailey earning her number one contender spot for the Raw Women's Championship title match against Becky Lynch. For more information on all of this, continue following Wrestling Inc. and we will have more. Jim Ross, the AEW announcer, has some high praise for the Ring of Honor final battle match. Dakota Cohen's writing in, Ring of Honor had their final pay-per-view of the 2022 calendar year, which was final battle this past Saturday. At the event, it saw multiple title changes, such as Claudio Castagnoli becoming the new Ring of Honor World Champion. The Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions changed once again between FTR and the Briscoes. FTR won the previous two matches, but the Briscoes won this last one, defeating FTR in a double dog collar match. Now, so many things had happened that night. WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross shared his thoughts on the bloody battle between the two tag teams, and this is what he said. It was the match of the night, or afternoon, depending on where you were. The dog collar match, Ross said, on his most recent edition of his Grilling JR podcast. It was absolutely unbelievable. It was a piece of art. It was crafted amazingly. They gritted their teeth. They did what they had to do. There was tons of blood. Whether or not you like blood or not, well, it was there. So I thought these guys did a terrific job at selling and telling a good story. Now, Ross would continue to praise the dog collar match along with the two previous encounters. Those are the kind of matches that you look at in just amazement, Ross said. Their effort, their heart, their soul. It was very important to see these guys go out there and score the kind of match they did. And it was just awesome, quite frankly. Now, Dax Harwood of FTR had a career year, both in tag and in singles. Ross discussed his thoughts on Harwood and those who are not a fan of dog collar matches and blood. Jim Ross had this to say. Smart guys understand the business very well, Ross said. Some guys are going to say it's too bloody. Well, what do you expect in a dog collar match? You tell me. What do you want to know? You just want them to trade headlocks? With more information on all of this, continue following Wrestling Inc. And more information on this will be coming forward. WWE wellness policy has been questioned in wake of Matt Riddle report. 
Dakota Cohen's also writing in at this hour. Matt Riddle has reportedly been suspended by WWE for failing the company's wellness policy for a second time. Riddle has been written off of TV following an attack from Solo Sokoa on the December 5th edition of Monday Night Raw. Well, it now appears that as of though the angle was due to the suspension. Pro wrestling journalist Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer Radio questioned WWE's decision-making regarding the handle of the failed drug test. If that's the story and this is accurate, Meltzer would go on to say, there's a lot of questions that I have. The claim is it's his second failure, but he was never suspended for his first failure. So we're supposed to announce that now, because he has a second one, he's not going to be on the main roster? Hmm. The report came from Cassidy Haynes of Bodyslam.net, said that Riddle's first wellness policy failure occurred during several months ago leading up to SummerSlam. Now, Wrestling Observer's radio's Brian Alvarez claimed the punishment for wellness policy violations has been very inconsistent in WWE. He would go on to say the following. Sometimes people allegedly get popped and they don't get suspended, Alvarez said. Sometimes they get popped and they do get suspended. Sometimes they get popped and they don't even get suspended. They just get fired. And then one person this year, I believe, was popped for something. I don't know specifically what it was. And they were fired. And it was not really a situation that was that egregious at all. It was drastically affecting everyone. They got popped for something a ton of people are doing right now. Something that you shouldn't get popped for. And they were unfortunately immediately fired. For more information on Matt Riddle and the wellness policy that's happening right now in WWE, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be forthcoming. Let's go ahead and let's talk about Dusty Rhodes. The American Dream Dusty Rhodes is known in the world of wrestling not only before a legendary creator in mind, but one of the most charismatic performers in the industry. Starting out in the territories and then being in WCW, Jim Crockett Promotions, then finally making his way to New York before eventually going back to WCW, he has a legendary career, which also has two sons in the industry as well. Now, the Texas Outlaws, which is a tag team that Dusty Rhodes and Dick Murdoch were a part of way back in the 70s, it would later become a personal matter, which has earned them the name The Outlaws. But what's the story behind it? Texas natives Rhodes and Murdoch began their professional wrestling careers just no more than two years apart, one in 67 and one in 65, respectively. While the American Dream would drive to Boston, Massachusetts to start his career, Dirty Murdoch would have much of his career only in the Midwest. Now, the duo finally crossed paths when they forged a longtime multi-tag team championship run in 1968. They won their first set of belts, becoming the North American Tag Team Champions in the NWA. In the following three years, Rhodes and Murdoch continue their winning ways, racking up more gold in the National Wrestling Federation, World Championship Wrestling, which was in Australia, and then again in the NWA in the United States. Now beyond the ring, the two forged a friendship on the road as well, even when they were at home. Eventually, the tag team would partner and become roommates, moving into an apartment together in Eden, Minnesota. Shortly after that, Rhodes and Murdoch welcomed, or I should say smuggled in, a third member into their house. Dusty Rhodes was no stranger to cowbells, and that was something that made it very interesting. Texas bull rope matches, where they would wrangle, and they actually got some animals in their apartment as well. In one quote, it was said, We had a donkey named Zeb. He once told Bleacher Report, and it was very entertaining. He was some son of a bitch. Rhodes continued to describe a couple of fascinating skills that his pet mule learned over time. 
He could take a handkerchief off the back of his leg and untie it. He knew how to kneel down and bow, and he also was a rodeo donkey. Although Rhodes and Murdoch attempted to take care of their pet secretly, they failed to keep Zeb contained on one occasion. In a quote, they said, It would go down the hall and then proceed to go into the bathroom, Rhodes would say. Eventually, their landlord discovered that there was a dirty donkey deed in the hallway and threatened to kick them both out of the building. He would say, Gentlemen, you can't have a donkey in a place like this, the landlord yelled at them. That would just mark one of the most rebellious acts the duo would do, as they also dressed in cut-off shirts and crudely cut jeans to look like Daisy Duke shorts in public on a few occasions. Rhodes thought highly of Murdoch, calling him an all-time great in the ring, while also using him as an example during his classic WWE Performance Center training sessions. With more information on all of this, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be coming forward. WWE has some new news about the big event that's going to be happening, which is WrestleMania 39. Now, many people in the world of wrestling understand that WrestleMania season is just starting to build up right now. Storylines will be coming together in December and January, and then the big push in February and March. Right now, Brock Lesnar is slated to be at WrestleMania. Now, the internal word right now is he will have a big-named opponent, but just recently it's been announced. It's supposed to be Gunther. Now, Brock Lesnar versus Gunther is now on the papers backstage for WrestleMania 39. Now, this is a new report that's coming out from Wrestling News. It's noting that Lesnar and Gunther is listed. Now, there's no word yet if it will be for any type of championship or if Gunther will drop the strap before then. Gunther has talked about wanting to face Brock Lesnar, and he feels this bout could be the biggest challenge for him in his career. He would go on to say the following, If I had to pin it down to just one name for my career, which would be the biggest, I'd say Brock Lesnar at the moment. Gunther told WMBD-TV last month, When I was young watching WWE, I enjoyed his matches. Later on, when I progressed in my career, I was able to watch wrestling and analyze how people work even more. He's always been somebody I've been impressed with. He's one of the best to ever do it. I think he's the biggest possible challenge for me at this moment. Now, Lesnar has been advertised for WWE's Royal Rumble, which is going to be happening in January, but he's not appeared since defeating Bobby Lashley at Crown Jewel. He's also expected to be at WWE's Elimination Chamber in February, and the rubber match with Lashley is actually scheduled to be happening as well. Gunther will defend his World Championship, which will happen on Friday night against against Ricochet on SmackDown. For more information on this and what could possibly happen at WrestleMania 39, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be coming forward. We have some new news on Sasha Banks. How much money did Sasha Banks really want WWE to pay her? Now, how much was she asking from New Japan? And does Tony Khan fit into any of this? Many people have found out this week that Sasha Banks is not going to be making a return to WWE. Negotiations have been going on between her and WWE, but it's been recently reported that they are very far apart on a number. Now, she also was going to be at Wrestle Kingdom to support her friend, former WWE superstar Kyrie Sane. But could that mean more? Right now, she's signed for several dates for the promotion in New Japan. But after that, she's still a free agent. Could Tony Khan be somebody who would swoop her in and bring her into AEW, or might she stay more in the Orient? Now, much how much money was she asking? Shasha Banks, formerly known, also known as Mercedes Vondaro, is believed to be done with WWE, but she was asking for a lot of money. 
could it have been more than seven figures? Voices of Wrestling reported that New Japan has been working on a limited appearance deal that they feel would be fair enough to pay someone of her stature. Now, it was also recently reported that from the higher-ups that it would significantly dwarf what Quish Jericho was paid when he first came in. Now, it's unclear whether she has signed the paperwork yet for New Japan, but speaking to Ad Wrestling Observer Radio, Meltzer discussed the report and he had this to say. Voices of Wrestling said there was a per-appearance deal at the highest price that somebody could ever get, and it was even more than Chris Jericho. Now, Chris Jericho made $100,000 per appearance when he was working for New Japan. Think about it, $100,000 per appearance. She's going to get more than that. Chris Jericho is actually underpaid because of how much money that he brought into New Japan, with New Japan World, the ticket sales, the merchandise, all of that. I don't see her driving that kind of revenue, but I guess we'll find out. The Tokyo Dome may be one thing, but there's other shows as well. And a lot of them, for New Japan, are now crossing over into the United States. I don't see how they're going to give her over $100,000 per appearance. Meltzer also recapped the speculation that Banks will appear at Wrestle Kingdom 17. That could potentially set up a match with former WWE star Kyrie Sane, and where that leads, we still don't know. Now, right now, it's also known that Ring of Honor does have a working relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling, and with the streaming deal of Ring of Honor, they're also going to be having some crossover with New Japan as well. As Ring of Honor is owned by Tony Khan, that also puts AEW in the fold as well. Where would that put Sasha Banks? We're just going to have to wait and find out more information. With all of this, continue following WrestlingAttitude.com. Also follow Wrestling Inc. And we'll have more information on all of these possible big moments with these wrestling superstars. Let's go on over to our friends at E-Wrestling News. We have some interesting information coming up about Andrade. Now, a photo has emerged of AEW's Andrade El Idolo back at the gym working after his most recent surgery. Thomas Lawson's writing in at this hour. AEW wrestler Andrade has returned to the gym after recently tearing his pectoral muscle. Last month, the former NXT champion said that he tore his pec muscle earlier in the year, but he still finished his matches because of the love of the business. Now, on his social media account, you can see him in a sling, but he's now able to start training again in the gym. Andrade hasn't competed in AEW since All Out in September and was sent home from the company after a backstage altercation with Sammy Guevara where he was believed to be suspended. Now it was rumored that Andrade is trying to get released from his AEW deal, but he's not going to be able to return to WWE right now. Tony Khan said that he's not letting anyone out of their contracts right now to return somewhere else. He believes they signed a contract and they should have to honor it. With more information on all of this, continue following e-wrestling news and more information will be coming forward. Let's talk about the baddest man on the planet. Yep, that's Iron Mike Tyson. Iron Mike Tyson is known for hanging out with a lot of celebrities and Ric Flair is one of them. It's known that Mike Tyson also is a huge fan of professional wrestling, and he's been spotted hanging out with other stars as well. But he most recently hung out with Anthony Bowen and Hook of AEW. Mike Tyson appeared for both WWE and AEW in the past, most recently on an episode of AEW Rampage. Now, there's an image on social media floating around right now from Anthony Bowen's where all three of them are seen in a picture at a nightclub. 
With more information on this, continue following eWrestling News, and more information will be coming forward. EC3 is making news at this hour. EC3 reacts to the elite making fun of CM Punk once they returned in Chicago. Former Impact Wrestling star and world champion EC3 recently commented on how the elite have been mocking CM Punk during the matches with the Death Triangle, specifically on a recent episode of Dynamite from Chicago, Illinois. Now, the elite are currently in a best of seven mats against the Death Triangle for the World Trio Championship. But the aftermath of All Out 2022 media scrum and the subsequent brawl of that incident saw CM Punk, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks all suspended from All Elite Wrestling. While Omega and the Young Bucks made their return at full gear, Punk is still on the sidelines and his career with AEW is still in the air. During the second match of the aforementioned series, the Elite mocked CM Punk on several occasions perhaps because they were in Chicago and were looking to generate some heat with the crowd. But nevertheless, former WWE star EC3 recently sounded off and shared his opinion. Speaking on the most edition of the Wrestling Outlaws from Sportskeeda, wrestling star EC3 elaborated on how performing a move that clearly belongs to another star is not just a move about getting heat, but it's also getting more attention. Here's what he said. Doing the right thing trumps any of this hilarious meme laugh out loud gift stuff that you see so many people trying to do these days in the business. And trust me, it's not going to pay off. It's just going to get you a little bit of buzz, which I do understand a little bit of buzz, but you know what? It's not going to get you much interest. I would almost do it in a different way. The GTS, the go to sleep, I think was actually kind of a good idea. I think it's cool that they're doing it. I would do the move of my enemy if I was never going to see them again but it only makes sense if it's going to attract buzz and if it's going to tell a story. Well, sometimes it's also is fun to get your digs in. Put the move in the realm of wrestling. It's an effective technique that's worked to win your matches, and sometimes it's kind of cool. However, he lamented that the Young Bucks' comical spots referring to CM Punk and CM Punk's botched buckshot lariat was probably not all the best. The fact that you do someone's botch, I mean... Right now, you're just trying to make fun of him at that point. However, Vince Russo seemed to have a vastly contrasting approach on the whole incident. You can catch all of that right now on the Wrestling Outlaw, and you can see that on their YouTube page. With more information on this, continue following eWrestling News, and more information on this will be coming forward. Tony Khan, the outlandish and very outspoken owner and CEO of AEW, is making news. Ryan Clark writes in, Tony Khan talks MJF and says he's even more difficult to deal with backstage than he is in front of the camera. AEW world champion MJF is one of the most charismatic and intelligent pro wrestlers on the planet. Now that's according to Tony Khan. In a future piece for the USA Today, AEW president opened up on his relationship with the salt of the earth. Now, according to Tony Khan, MJF is even more difficult to deal with backstage than you see on your television screen. Now, these are just a few snippets of what you'll find with USA Today. He would go on to say the following. MJF, I think, is one of the most charismatic and intelligent pro wrestlers on the planet, and there are some fans worldwide that are compelled by his actions, and they take notice of everything he does and every time he speaks. Now, my own experiences dealing with him, I found him more difficult in some ways off-camera, if that's even plausible. Now, it's certainly among some of the things that people have been talking about as far as his AEW contract. And you know what? He knows that he's making it a priority for me, and he's making it even personal. 
With more information on MJF and his continuing saga with Tony Khan, continue following e-wrestling news and more information will be coming forward. Thomas Lawson's writing in at this hour about AEW superstar Sting. Sting is recovering from recent knee surgery. Now, AEW's Sting has been on the shelf and will be on the shelf for the foreseeable future after going surgery on his knees earlier this year. Now, the Akon debuted in AEW in 2020 and competed in his first match over five years at AEW Revolution back in 2021. Speaking to KNC Masterpiece, Sting spoke about his undergoing surgery on his knees while discussing the Cal- Dallas Cowboys offensive tackle Terrence Steele tearing his ACL as well. This is what Sting had to say. I just had surgery six or seven weeks ago now, basically just to clean out my very old knees. I've seen what other people have gone through when it comes to physical therapy and the process, and most people with what I've done have come through with flying colors. I do what I'm supposed to do, and I'm working through the pain no matter what, and that's just what you do, and then you will recover. The game sometimes never quite comes back to you the same way, but I know this is of the utmost importance for me right now. He would go to continue on to say, For me, I had to do things differently in the ring. I had to prepare differently, train differently, think differently in the ring, and come up with more innovative ways to make my accomplishments as far as my moves, especially with my knees. Sting's most recent match came at AEW Full Gear 2022, where he and Darby Allin defeated Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. For more information on Sting, continue following eWrestling News, and more information will be coming forward. If you're enjoying this podcast, Headlines is your one-stop shop podcast that brings you all the late-breaking news in wrestling, whether it's WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, and so many more. With that being said, my name is Mike Freeland. I hope you've enjoyed this, and we will catch you on the next episode of Headlines. My name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material brand. Each and every week I sit down with some of the most exciting superstars in the world of wrestling, from upcoming stars in the indies to dedicated veterans of the squared circle. I also host a daily podcast called Headlines, which gives you the updated information on all your favorite superstars in all your favorite promotions, giving you not only the backstage look, but also what are the industry experts saying about things. And finally, join myself and my executive producer, The Rit, where we talk about everything in the world of professional wrestling all across the landscape, from storylines to interviews to what's happening and what we think is going to be happening the next time you turn on your TV. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network.